You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to your Valentine's News podcast for Friday, March 4th. Ed Valentine of Big Blue View here, coming to you from Indianapolis, site of the 2022 NFL Combine. Lots of things to talk about today. The best thing that we're going to have for you is an interview that I was able to do on Thursday with Athletic Giants beat writer Dan Duggan. Dan and I talk about uh, Saquon Barkley and a host of other topics, so please uh, stay tuned for that here coming up in a couple of minutes. A couple of notes to uh, talk about first. There was a report on Thursday from Ryan Dunleavy of the New York Post that the Giants are asking wide receiver Sterling Shepard to take a massive pay cut in order to stay with the Giants in 2022. Really not a surprise that uh, the Giants might go after some of Shepard's money in an effort to try to keep him. Shepard is due a a, uh, a base salary of $8.475 million in 2022, obviously coming off yet another season where he had a lot of injuries, including a season-ending torn Achilles tendon. Shepard... Uh, if the Giants were to cut Shep, there's no way that he would find that kind of money on the open market. Considering the uh, the torn Achilles tendon and, and the uncertainty around when he might be available, Shepard might have a hard time finding a deal of, of any sort in free agency, at least until uh, right around the time the regular season starts or after that. So it makes sense for the Giants to try to come to an agreement with Shepard, maybe cancel the second year of his contract, bring him back on a, a lower salary somewhere around the veteran minimum, maybe give him some incentives, you know, based on production, based on how many, how many games he plays, things like that. We'll see where it goes as the Giants continue to try to maneuver to get under the salary cap and get themselves some financial flexibility for free agency and the upcoming 2022 season. Uh, quick note about Saquon Barkley. Uh, Dan Duggan, who we'll be talking to shortly, reported Thursday afternoon that from the people he's talking to, it looks like uh, there's an expectation that if the Giants are going to trade Saquon Barkley, the price, the return that they're going to get is likely to be somewhere around a fourth round pick. I know that the Giants would like more than that. I don't know if it's realistic that they'll get it. Dan and I will will talk about that more here briefly uh, when we when we get to our conversation here in just a minute. Another quick note that I wanted to mention, 
had a chance to sit in on a lot of the interviews of offensive linemen, you know, a lot of the, the media availability sessions on Thursday morning. An insanely impressive group. Icky Equinu, Evan Neal, Trevor Penning, Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, Dylan Parham, Daniel Fa'alele, all of these guys who I had a chance to listen to, to all or part of their media sessions on Thursday, all incredibly impressive young men. We'll see if any of them actually wind up with the Giants, but it came away really, really impressed with the offensive line group, with the maturity, with their ability to uh, to answer questions, with uh, many of them had very very interesting stories to tell about their journeys about their uh, about how they got to this point where their NFL dreams are about to to become reality and in the coming days at Big Blue View I hope to have uh, some of their stories posted on our website so keep coming back and and looking for those all right let's get to my interview with Dan Duggan all right, Giants fans, I'm talking now with athletic Giants beat writer Dan Duggan. And, and I have to start with this. Why haven't you been on my show yet? Hey, talk to your booking agent. I don't know. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm I don't know, man. I think that's my own fault because I haven't <laughs> been smart enough to ask you yet. That's all it takes usually. <laughs> so, hey, let's, uh, let's dive into it. Giants... Uh, a lot of things to get done. Joe Shane promised us earlier in the week that, that things would start to happen soon, and they certainly have. Um, the two moves that the Giants made, Kyle Rudolph and Devontae Booker, obviously Rudolph, no surprise. Right. Booker, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Did that one catch you off guard at all? Not so much, only because if you look at Shane's track record in Buffalo, they just don't pay running backs there. You know, I mean, they have the two running backs who are, you know, third, fourth round picks, and they, they invested nothing there. So I kind of figured that that's going to probably be the way they operate here. They're so desperate for cap savings, you know, only saving $2 million with Booker. But just if he's going to, especially if he's going to be number two running back, which we can get into that. Uh, right. But I think that's probably what his role would be. I just, it didn't make sense for Shane to have that type of investment when you're trying so hard to create savings. At the same time, I mean, he performed well on that contract. I think a lot of us raised eyebrows at the contract. He was he was a good player last year, definitely stepped in. And I mean, you can obviously make a case he played better than Saquon. Uh, so it's kind of a raw deal for him because he performed up to his contract. But just the circumstances there, they, they can't afford luxuries like a, a well-paid number two running back. No, they, they definitely can't. And, and since we're on the, the running back topic, you know where we have to go. <laughs> we, ha- we have to go to talking about, uh, about Saquon. And I'm not sure, have you been on the, the, the Giants need to trade Saquon or are you on the, on the we sh- they should keep him? I'm on the trade him. I mean, I've, okay. <laughs> I've been kind of dug in on the whole running backs don't matter stance back to the draft. So, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm not saying I'm still going back to that take of, I mean, I think we all kind of agree that was a mistake at number two, but right. now we're where we are today. Right. I still think it's probably the best idea to just, just move on. And again, we're talking how badly they need money. If they had a healthy cap situation, maybe you can make a case to ride it out, but that's $7 million that they can put in their pockets. It's going to be hard to find uh, such a clean break to get $7 million uh, at a time when they're in dire need of it. Right. So we're on the same page there that that moving on from Saquon is the right thing for the Giants to do. And I think you reported 
Thursday afternoon that that the the opinion you know here in Indianapolis you know from the folks you've talked to seems to be that 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 the price that the Giants could probably get is around a fourth round pick. Yeah, I saw somebody else report that they might be asking for a one, which I think is 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 crazy, but I. Personally, would hope they can get more than a four. Right. So the question becomes, if it's just a four, would you personally still make that move? I would. It's 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 complicated because even if you look at um, the history of running back trades, there's been guys far lesser talents who have gotten a four or better. So you'd think that the ceiling would be a little higher. I mean, one is crazy. If they're really asking for that, they're basically saying, you have to just blow us away. We're not, we don't want to trade. And I, I have a hard time believing they're really thinking they can realistically get a one. Um, but he's, in a, he's just in a tough spot. I mean, I asked Joe Shane, and he didn't really answer it. Like, how do you even put a value on Saquon? Because we all see, saw what he does rookie year. Like, and, you know, when he's healthy, he was one of the best backs in the league. Now it's been three straight years where he hasn't been healthy, has not played at that level. He's going into, you know, a contract year. It just makes it, a, it's like a messy sort of situation. If you're going to trade for him, now are you going to just pay him $7 million for one year as a rental? Or are you going to look to extend him? Because, I mean, I think we all expect that if Saquon has a bounce back year, he's going to want to cash in. Because he's, you know, he's certainly, um, you know, put his body through the ringer on this rookie contract. He's going to want to cash in. Um, so, I mean, listen. I think you'd have to swallow hard if you trade him for a four because odds are he's going to be healthy, he's going to be motivated, and he's going to make you look bad next year because he's going to go rush for 1,500 yards and be jumping over people. I think you have to make a trade like that with a long-term view in mind. Because the way, the way I look at it, I game it out. What's the best possible scenario if you keep Saquon? He has, a great, he has that great season I'm talking about for the Giants next year. You're not a playoff team most likely. And then what do you do with him? And then you just let him walk for nothing. You get the comp pick game, everything. You do, do you, I don't think Shane is going to do the second contract, going back to my initial point. So I, I just start looking at it like that. It's just, it's just so messy. It would be, it, again, it would be hard to do it because he is a talented player. And, again, you might look bad in the short term. But I just think long term, I, I don't see a fit for him. So if you can get something for him now, get the cap savings you desperately need, I, I think it's the move. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. And here's the argument that I make with people who say, well, hang on to him at least through the middle of the season, try to let him build his value, and then try to trade him. And I say, wait a minute. The last time Saquon Barkley was a superstar running back was 2018. I've given up on calling him superstar mm-hmm. running back yeah. Saquon because he hasn't been that guy for, for three years now. He's a guy who's had significant leg injuries three straight seasons, mm-hmm. which is bad for a running back. And if you look at it, all of those injuries have come in the first half of seasons. Yeah. So if you want anything for Saquon, you're taking a huge risk by keeping him through the first half of the season. Yeah. What if he gets hurt again? Then you get nothing and you're stuck. Yeah, I mean, I, so I, where, do you, where are you on that? Yeah, I, I like honestly I hate that as a plan. I mean, maybe if you, if you do end up keeping him and it falls in your lap and you can get a you know, second round pick at the trade deadline for some desperate contender maybe do it but I don't I would not go into the season with that as my plan because a the injury thing you're talking about but also we're talking about cap savings so if the cap hits seven million if you're going to hold him for half the season now even when you trade him you're only recouping three and a half million because you, you have to pay him for those first eight nine weeks he's on your roster you're not going to have all those savings for the offseason when they need it so I, I don't but I, to your point I think it's the biggest one the injury factor then his value is what it is now which is you know kind of murky if he you know, sprains his ankle in week three and misses three games, 
he's got no value at the trade deadline. Now you're just stuck with him. And again, I don't. I think it all comes down to you have to be realistic. I don't think they're going to be a playoff contender next year. I think. And if you go into it with that mindset, what are you trying to do with them for six, seven games next year? Like you have to kind of take your medicine this year, which they've been very adverse to do. Say like, okay, we might not be the best possible team in 2022, but 2023, 2024, 2025 is where we're going to try to hopefully get this thing going in the right trajectory. And I just don't see Saquon factoring in. And the point you're talking about with the trade deadline, it just it doesn't add up to me as, as a viable path. No, I just don't see any way that you can really give him a second contract. Let's talk about some of the other moves that they have to make. I mean, we're hearing all sorts of of speculation about, oh, they're, they're asking Sterling Shepard to take a huge pay cut. I saw a report that that they might ask James Bradbury to take a, a huge pay cut, yeah. and I don't I don't know how much validity there is to any of that. My my question is: We know that they're going to have to make some big moves here. Is there one move they can make that that might be out there that people really haven't thought about yet that that might be a surprise where there might be something cooking out there or is it pretty much going to be you know the Bradberries and the names we've talked about yeah that's a that's a good point I mean we've obviously you know you I and everyone on the beat have documented this pretty thoroughly I don't know that we've left uh, any stone unturned at this point I mean I guess um, the one thing Shane said the other day that caught my ear was he's open to player for player trades. So like maybe that means you trade Saquon. It's not for a fourth round pick. It's for a right guard or it's for a cornerback, whatever. I mean, I, and that would be complicated. I don't know how that would necessarily work. Because again, taking on salary, blah blah blah. That, but that was the part that caught my ear. And then if you're talking about cap moves they could make, you've kind of heard on the peripheral like of Logan Ryan's name being mentioned. To me, that makes no sense because from a cap saving standpoint, it doesn't add up if you cut him. But could they trade him? I can't imagine there's going to be a huge market for guys over 30, has you know pretty substantial salaries the next two years. So if, if I guess that if you're saying what would be the move that really surprised me, but is at least plausible, would be trading Logan Ryan. I don't I don't see it, but maybe Pat Graham and Josh McDaniels they want to bring him uh, out to Vegas or something like that. Again, I, I don't see it, but if you're talking about one off the beaten path, that would probably be the one that might give you that might give you draft capital, but it's not going to give you cap relief really. Right, you give you, yeah, give you a little cap relief, but yeah, they're just in a, they're in a tough spot. That's why it, it was you know I like Logan. I think he's a good player, but that was always a little bit of a questionable extension. But he, the other thing is too. You know, he was Judge and Graham's guy. When they make that uh, extension, no one's thinking in a year they're both going to be gone. So it's like sometimes you kind of just get stuck. I mean, you know, he's right. a he's a good player. He's getting older though. It's probably not going to look great um, that contract as as he ages. Um, but you know, sometimes you just you, it, it seemed like a good move at the time to them, obviously. And, and again, no one could have foreseen the guys who were his biggest champions not being in the building a year later. All right, hey, you know, we're we're here in Indianapolis. We're this far into our discussion. We really haven't talked about the draft yet. <laughs> now, Giants are sitting at five and seven. And I have a theory when it comes to five and seven. I think Joe Shane is a really smart guy. Joe would not say the other day that he would like to build draft capital for 2023. Mm-hmm. But you and I have talked right here about how they have to play the long game here a little bit. I think building draft capital for 2023 is a really smart move. I think with five and seven, I think the Giants have seriously got to think about moving down with one of those two picks. Mm -hmm. Get down into the middle, pick up some draft capital for 2023, especially if they can pick up a first round pick in 2023. The other thing that does is gives them cap relief in 2022 Mm -hmm. for, for moving somewhat down in the first round. 
what do you think of of that particular draft strategy? Yeah, no, I think that would probably be the ideal ideal scenario. The only problem is, as always, you know, it takes two to tango. And I mean, obviously, the deal they got last year with the Bears was because there was quarterbacks that were coveted, and they wanted to get Justin Fields. You say, who is trading up for number five? I think we won't really have any true sense until we get through the free agency and the veteran movement because in Carolina sitting there at six if some and they seem like they're going to be aggressive but if they somehow strike out on the veteran market a team might say well they're going to take the first quarterback so we need to get ahead of them and then maybe five becomes attractive but if there isn't that demand for quarterbacks which you know you, talk, you hear about all the experts say it's just not a great quarterback class it gets a little harder I think ideally that is the, the move to make and like you said picking up capital for 2023 is definitely the appeal because I mean I think they did they did everything right last year in the first round. It did not work out so well because you get guys like Parsons and Slater who look like Hall of Famers, and right. and also you know they they get the two top ten picks in a year where everyone's saying it's not a great top ten. But I think that the process was sound there. So I think if you can repeat those steps, I think it, it would be in their best interest. Uh, I think it'll be tough, but yeah, I think you'll even see. Even in those mid-rounds, you can trade a third-round pick this year for a second-round pick next year. There's all sorts of different moves you can make where uh, if you look at how they operate in Buffalo, um, they were making moves to just try to accumulate as much capital for that 2018 draft where they had to move up twice. They went you know, from like 21 to 12 to 7. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would, I, I mean, we can't sit and assume Shane's going to copy the exact blueprint, but I think it makes sense that he'll follow some of those steps. So I think that, yes, like building capital for next year is going to be a priority, I would assume. Absolutely. Well, you know, last thing, and I think we've talked about it a little bit, you know, Joe Shane has said he doesn't want to get his head beat in in 2022. But I don't see a path for really, you know, making the Giants a really, really good team in 2022. I just don't. Do, right. you, do you see it at all? No, I agree, and, and that's where I, it, it gets hard. Because I mean, obviously, he's saying that, and you agree. I agree with that. No, it's no one's going to just like tank to the point where you're like, oh, we're fine going two and fifteen because we're going to try and you know tank for whoever the number one quarterback will be. Like they'll they'll never do that. Um, but it, it, it gets to that point where I just feel like one of the problems the Giants have had in the last decade is they're always just trying to like get better that next year which again that's ultimately the goal you want to win every Sunday but sometimes you have to take the big picture view like you said this is a team that won four games last year and we're talking about players like James Bradbury and Sterling Shepard who might not be back and they were better players on a bad team so it is hard to see a path unless you just absolutely kill the draft and then you know Dable works magic with Daniel Jones there's a lot of ifs there to get them to that point um and and even the comment John Mara made and one of the introductory pressers when you know he's got a lot of questions about expectations and playoffs, and he said, he said well, "I want to win a heck of a lot more than four games." It's like even that comment's like, "John, you might win five games here, and that might be okay because if it gets you in a position with with trades and everything that you're mm-hmm. in a better position for 2023, that needs to be uh, the mindset." And I don't think it's been their mindset. So hopefully, with the, the one of the appeals of this whole reset they did with the you know new coach, new GM is like, it's okay if you it's a process here and you take a not step back. It'd be hard to go back from last season was but if you if you if you don't have a great first year with them that's okay because you're presumably building in year two year three year four hopefully you just kind of get it going in the right direction all right hey dan thank you very very much for a few minutes and hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll do this again hopefully i'll be smart enough to invite you back yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my messages are always open so yeah anytime all right thanks Giants fans, that's our show for today. Please stop by Big Blue View for all of your combine coverage, features, news analysis from yours truly on site in Indianapolis, along with uh, Nick Filato and Chris Flum taking a look at the workouts, giving you winners, losers, everything that happens uh, during the on-field workouts uh, in Indianapolis wide receivers 
ran on Thursday evening, and there were uh, a whole lot of, of really, really fast times, including a potential uh, f- new record in the uh, 40-yard dash should the, the times all be uh, be made official. Uh, Chris and Nick will have all the breakdowns about who did well, who didn't, what to look forward to on Friday and all of that. So please keep coming back to check uh, to check on our coverage of the Combine, our coverage of the NFL Draft, and everything to do with your New York Giants. All right, Giants fans, thank you as always for listening. Please remember to stay safe out there, take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.